Welcome everybody to the Slowly TARDIS, your journey through Time Lords and space. The Slowly TARDIS? The Slowly TARDIS. <laughs> is, that, is that when it lands in Sloan Square in London? <laughs> it might be, it might be, or in Slow's Barbecue in, uh, in Michigan. I oh, am Dolly it's, uh, piloted by the Sloan Ranger? That is Marcus Beer. Welcome back, Marcus. You had a week off. You were, you were deathly ill last week, but you're back with us this week. Oh, I had my sexy, sexy bronchitis voice last week. It was not fun. <laughs> but yes, I'm sorry I couldn't make it. Um, I would like to say that I listened to the podcast okay. and totally agreed with everything you said, but I didn't. Good. <laughs> we'll get. Uh, we may have to revisit that. Uh, your thoughts on that a little bit uh, if we get time today. If not, maybe next week. But um, uh, also joining us is Stephen Strom. Hello, it's me. Still. And the final fourth companion, as per usual, one Sean Norton. Sean Norton. Hello. Sean Norton. Sean Norton. And our fifth companion is you, faithful listener, because we had a lot of good comments this week on uh, about the about the important Doctor Who episode that we're going to talk about here. In fact, we're we're going to dive right in um, because there is a lot to lot to unwrap here. Uh, this was season. 11, I believe, is it season 11? Um, episode 3, Rosa, mm-hmm. um, uh, of Doctor Who. This uh, essentially is the, they're calling it the Rosa Parks episode. It takes place as the Doctor, the 13th Doctor and companions, Bradley, or sorry, um, uh, Graham, Ryan, and Yasmin uh, show up in nineteen in Alabama 1955, right, uh, I think it was the day before Rosa Parks was, set to make her momentous um, stand uh, on the bus or um, her protest on the bus. So this episode revolves around that. Also revolves around this strange uh, dude from the future who wants to stop this from happening. He can't injure people directly, so he has to find other ways of doing it. So he's sort of messing with the, messing with the timeline by nudging things in little ways here and there. That's the doctor and... Uh, her companions to nudge things back uh, so that this, this uh, event does take place or the Rosa Parks uh, moment takes place. So that's it. Um, And finally they zap the dude, uh, uh, Ryan zaps, zaps the dude back into the future with the past. I think the past or whatever. Yeah. Um, That's the episode. Uh, And Rosa Parks does complete the, um, the protest. So, Whew. Uh, that's a short way of, uh, of summarizing everything. Uh, this was an episode, guys. This was an episode. I didn't see this coming. I think you guys had seen the preview last week, uh, and you were teasing it a little bit on, the, on our podcast, but I had not seen the preview, and I don't watch the preview for the following week, so um, I go in a little bit fresh. But, uh, wow, I, there's a lot to, lot to talk about here, and I don't, don't really know where to um, – where to start? Uh, uh, it's been receiving a ton, ton of comments and, and, and feedback online from every side of the world, every every end of the spectrum. Uh, and it's, um, I guess, to say it's an important episode is is putting it mildly. I mean, I, what are your your kind of general thoughts, gentlemen? Let's start with you, Marcus, since we didn't have you on last week. What were your just general thoughts about this episode before we dive into details? Uh, wow. 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 Um, 
I generally get terrified whenever Doctor Who comes to America mm-hmm. because in less skilled hands, the scripts tend to be a little banal. Right. Um, it seems it it seems to be very over the top, um, and this one was. I mean, it's it's quite possibly one of the most important episodes of Doctor Who ever. Um, it went back to it was almost like they were going back to the original nineteen sixties remit of education, you know, uh, education mm-hmm. of uh, of children and the audience through historical stuff. Um, and yeah, I think it was the, the the bad guy himself, his motives. You know, yeah, they could have sent him back in the past. They could have sent him forward. They could have sent him to the White House. He would have, would not have been uh, out of place in any of them. Um, <laughs> it was, I mean, it was just really incredibly well written. Um, made me uncomfortable, which I think good television like that does. Uh, they didn't shy away from anything. They used the language that has been used, especially that conversation between Ryan and Yaz. So, uh, yeah, I was just, um, I was, I was blown away wow. by it. I really was. I just thought it was a, uh, hands down, you know, it's an episode that everybody should see. Did we, did we ever expect this type of doctor who episode, at least a modern doctor who episode in the last, you know, the last year. So I do, I, I, I'm curious if we did. I know I didn't see it coming, but Marcus, I mean, you well, mentioned how momentous it was. I mean, given given some of the lows we've been through over the last couple of years, and look, last season was a uh, reestablishment of a ba- of a good baseline with more positive episodes than not. Um, I think that, that, that we had no right to see this one coming. I mean, um, if this is you know if this is the standard that Chibnall um and the other writer and I, I'm, I'm blanking on her name but she's the first person of color and woman of color Mal- mallory blackman mallory blackman there you go the first woman of color to write an episode of doctor who um yeah i mean if this is the standard well you know spank me sideways and call me shirley this is going to be a, a hell of a season i mean the viewing figures are are bearing out that you know the move has worked and you know, people are really digging the new Doctor and the new group, and the the first three episodes have been good. Um, you know, really up the baseline on anything that we've seen. You know, beyond you know Capaldi, Matt Smith. I mean, they had you know you probably had half a dozen episodes of Matt Smith's era mm-hmm. that were really outstanding. Um, less than that in Capaldi's. Um, and I think, you know, so far we are, we are batting at a very strong average three for three. And this, this, this came out of the blue. I honestly, like I said, I was, I was terrified that this was going to be another ham fisted attempt at, uh, ingratiating itself to Americana, uh, to America, or even just, um, pandering, uh, and sort of like slapping people over the head with the, Oh, look at this. We're doctor who we've got a woman doctor. We've got a multi, um, you know, a multi, a diverse, team around her and everything and aren't we hip and right on and everything and that's how it, it could have easily gone that way and it didn't and i can't i can't give it any higher comment uh, comp, uh, compliment than that it is that 
it felt like a weighty piece of TV with a, a bit of sci-fi attached to it. But it's yeah, it was just. I, I hope I hope sure. people in the UK watch that, especially you know Brexit Britain right now, and I hope people have watched it and have just got a frigging clue. So um, I, I'm I'm gonna jump in here. I usually wait till the end, but um, this uh, I, I felt like I. I I wanted to kind of comment a little bit earlier in this episode, uh, uh, mostly because um, I <clears throat> watched this, I think, after it aired on, uh, on Sunday. I watched it Sunday night. I had just ended. I started it up, and I was really tired. So I I actually ended up, like, dozing off halfway through. Just my coffee was <laughs> wearing out. So I snapped out of it, woke up at, like, 1030, started over from the beginning again. And it ended at 11.30 or so, whatever it was. I went to bed and I um, I think I probably stayed up until 2 a.m. just thinking about the episode. And I never, ever expected a Doctor Who episode to – a Doctor Who episode to do that to me, let alone any TV episodes. Um, it uh, – I thought – I'm going to – I got to break my typically PG-rated character. I thought – I thought they were going to fuck this up. Pardon my French, everybody. I thought they were going to screw this up. I thought they were going to turn Rosa Parks into, uh, you know, Gallifreyan, or they they could have Moffatized this. I'm glad they. I'm very glad they didn't. Uh, Mallory Blackman and Chris Chibnall uh, co-wrote this together, and I felt like they did an absolutely phenomenal job. Even that that final scene where they're on the bus. Um, I am. Uh, uh, I'm not a person of color. I'm a child of immigrants in the U.S. Um, I can still, in a weird way, consider myself sometimes out of place and an immigrant. And I was, in a weird way, I was I was in tears kind of watching that scene unfold. Um, and I still get sort of choked up about it. Uh, and yeah, it was just so powerful. So uh, you probably hear my voice cracking a little bit in a weird way. Um, it was so powerful. And they executed it really well. And they didn't go they they went all in on this and and they went all the way with it and they didn't screw it up and i'm it was to me it was a phenomenal piece of tv let alone uh <clears throat> let alone sci-fi television um we'll get into i think his name was crasco uh, a little bit later uh because i think that was sort of a, a a bad not not a great um great character but to see all the things that uh that the characters, especially Ryan went through um, and this combination of characters, but everything Ryan went through and how, um, you know, here in the modern world <clears throat> where things aren't as bad as they were back then. I mean, we were rotten humans to each other back in the forties and fifties and six, and we still are bad to each other, but uh, to have, to give him that sort of um, uh, realization that this is what, we had to kind of all as a society had to deal with what people, uh, white folk and people of color and everybody was, was a part of and where we've come and how far we still have to go. Uh, I thought was, was kind of in a weird way, monu monumental for, um, for sort of for television like this. So, uh, I couldn't give it any higher kudos. Um, it really kind of hit me in ways I didn't expect it to. And it was Doctor Who, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I 
I'm still sort of uh, shaken and floored by it, and I did not expect that to happen. Whoever wants to go next can go next. Steven, you're unmuted. You go next. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I think uh, uh, you guys have said definitely a lot of the really, you hit a lot of the really great important points on here. And I almost like kind of feel bad that we didn't think to maybe um, get somebody on the, you know, on sure, this particular sure. episode who could maybe talk to this a little bit better than the four of us. Right. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just a pretty incredible episode. Um, I think it's from top to bottom, like it does a really great job. Like, you know, uh, you guys brought up um, Mallory Blackman um, doing the writing on here. And I think that definitely shines through both in like just the way that this, like the, the situation is handled and like the very small little details that are added throughout it that make it feel not super didactic. Um it could have been very much like a very special episode of Doctor Who and stuff like that in a very bad way. Uh, we've definitely seen Doctor Who kind of try to go down those roads before in this this very kind of like patronizing kind of like expl like explanation kind of way of like really dumbing things down and really just trying to teach you a lesson kind of thing. But really, but this one couches it in such a personal in, in such personal stakes, and that's actually I think been one of the greatest strengths of this season so far is. Mm -hmm couching these these you know larger than life galactic encounters and stuff like that in individual people uh so we still haven't seen a big universe ending threat or whatever like even crasco's uh plot here isn't to like destroy like kill rosa parks or anything like that he just wants to make sure she doesn't get on the bus at the right time or whatever you know he's talking about how little things have big consequences and, and stuff like that so the villain of the episode ends up becoming like you know, a systemic one. It's, it's what does the doctor and all of, what did the doctor and the, her companions do in a situation where they don't have any choice, but to work within this like fucked up system that they can't really, you know, gadget their way out of or shoot their way out of, you know, it's a doctor who, so there's not much shooting out your way out of anything to begin with. But <laughs> from that very first moment of the episode, they drill that home so well with like, you know, um, Ryan going up to give that woman her glove back and the man turns around and just immediately slaps him. And even the fact that that is something that he, that that guy does without a second thought in that moment drives home this idea that like, oh, right, the rules here are completely fucked. Like the rules around the situation are going to be the problem this episode because they can't just, it's not an abandoned facility on an alien planet. It's not like a civilization that's disappeared. It's not anything like that. It's a place that they have to work within from top to bottom and they have to navigate the weird intricacies of that. Like later on in the episode, we have um, Yaz get onto the bus at the front and the bus driver just lets her through. And she's like, doesn't know quite what to do. It's like, where am I supposed to sit? Like the weird sort of like completely arbitrary rules around systemic racism and injustice like this and not knowing how to navigate that. And also knowing that in any, at any point, you know, navigating it not to the, uh, satisfaction of the people with all the power uh, could get you killed, arrested, beaten up. You know, Rosa at the beginning of the episode mentions like the lynching that happened, you know, very shortly before um, she, you know, before her famous, um, you know, protest on the bus. And <laughs> it's just those little things add up so well to kind of like create this vision of a culture um <laughs> that is completely hostile to all the characters involved. Um, and it, you know, it spreads to between all of them, like um, Graham and the doctor can kind of like, 
you know, walk through a little bit better, but you, you know, there's still ire at the fact that they're foreigners and stuff like that. You know, they've got strange accents and everything like that. So like these people, you know, it's at the height of, you know, a boiling point in history when, when things were, were as bad as they could have possibly been in a place that they were the worst that they were um, in Montgomery, Alabama. And just, yeah, like the episode like establishes all of that stuff and creates this very tense, you know, environment around it and makes all the stakes personal and doesn't feel didactic. Like it's, the doctor doesn't completely just save the day. Like the, the doctor has to basically just be there as part of history to facilitate someone else doing the thing that, you know, puts history on the right track. It's pretty fantastic. I think it's the best episode of Doctor Who I've seen in maybe years. Mm-hmm. I wow. honestly, like this season so far, I'm I, like last week's episode I thought was, was strong, but maybe not like, you know, absolute like all time high quality. This is absolute all time high quality Doctor Who to me. It's like, ties in, you know, the thing, like the kind of like modern sensibilities around like building tension and drama and also ties back to the roots. You know, Marcus, you mentioned this, but I also saw many other uh, websites talking about the same thing of like going back to the kind of like historical education roots of Doctor Who, um, but still working it into like a very just terrifying episode uh, in a lot of ways that has like a very, like when they, when everything, you know, works out in the end, you just like there's I just had like this exhale <laughs> like it's just like oh everything worked out like that they so, you know I I was hoping you know I obviously kind of felt that like probably that was they were going to were going to screw things up that bad for the timeline or whatever but they do such a good job throughout the episode of making you feel that the stakes are real because they establish early on like the smallest things can you know have the biggest impact and all that like mm, yeah. I don't. <laughs> I, I think I'm honestly still kind of processing the episode a little bit, so I'll, I'll just leave it there. Right, I think, but right. yeah. Sean, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> no, I. <laughs> you guys said a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we had a companion slapped in the face and threatened to be lynched in the first five minutes of Doctor Who. It's unprecedented. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for the 60s or 70s and when the show was edutainment, <clears throat> but it's unprecedented. And the show has sort of flirted with these themes in the past. There was an episode with Capaldi um, where he punched a guy out because of how he was talking to Bill in, um, you know, back in the day in thin ice. Britain with the Thin Ice episode. Yep. What Episode three of that season, actually. Exact, <clears throat> you know, same spot. Yeah. Um, which sidebar, I, I would have loved to have Capaldi in this episode because I think the episode would have been about five minutes long and he would have just punched a guy in the face and that would have been the end of that. Um, <laughs> um, no, and there's really not much. I mean, you guys echo a lot of the sentiments I have. I, I really enjoyed the episode. There are a couple things I want to touch on maybe that are a little more specific in some of the criticisms I've seen um, to folks that say that it it doesn't get everything right. Um I don't think Doctor Who ever has. Doctor Who always has sort of done its own sort of take on historical events, um, you know, with minor changes here or there, sometimes for the sake of the story or for compelling television and sometimes just because. Um, And and there's a lot of resources out there for folks who want to get, obviously, the full historical source on this. But I think what's important is that they can, you know, that there's this motivation now to learn more about this. Um, and, And people that harp on these things, I think, are missing the point which is this massively popular television show is bringing this this event to the forefront at a time when it's really important 
um, it's important to discuss these things. It's important to look back at history, to see where we've been, what we've come from, what we're trying to to be better than. Um, and I think the dumpster scene really highlighted the, the conversation on the side while they were hiding out in the motel where they weren't allowed to be, um, really highlighted that, that, you know, they, they appreciate <clears throat> the people who came before them, the Rosa Parks and the Martin Luther Kings of the world who, who made these efforts and who sacrificed so much for a better world for them. And, and it's not perfect. You know, we, we live in a, in a sad time and, and, and trying time. And, and you're seeing a lot of these, these elements sort of grasping at power once again, and, and people are, are really struggling. And, and this episode comes at a, at a really crucial time. Um, and it's, it's a very big relief and it's also very sort of, I don't even know what the word to describe, just how good it is to have this, not only happen, but be a really solid piece of television, not just Doctor Who, but of television. Um, and so I thought that was really important, and I, I was really glad that it was well done. Um, I was glad to see that they didn't do any of the extra sort of timey-wimey stuff. Some people were upset that it wasn't enough sci-fi, that it was just sort of too much historical and not enough sci-fi Doctor Who. Um, again, I think that sort of misses the point. I, I actually really enjoyed the fact that <clears throat> this wasn't the Doctor going back and changing anything or whatever, but is more of a steward of time now where she has to make sure things progress the way they do and she cannot interfere. And the ultimate payoff of that was so heartbreaking to see Graham sitting on the bus being a part of history, the thing that he worked so hard to not be a part of, right? And and, and the life he leads and, and to sit there and, and to have to be a part of this now and to lead to her getting arrested and everything is 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 really powerful stuff, and I, I I really appreciate that. Like you were saying, Dolly, it's not the sort of mechanical um, sci-fi heavy like Doctor and this guy was clearly a thing, or she was mm-hmm. ripped out of time or whatever. Like, no, it, it was grounded. It was important. It was heavy. It was it was sad, and it was beautiful. And and I don't mean beautiful, obviously, what happened, but just the story that's being told and the way it was told and. And these characters who who try to be better and try to make everything they do better, and and knowing the significance of what had to happen here to for things to happen later, and to see it and to be a part of it and to do nothing about it, it's it's just <laughs> it's just phenomenal storytelling. It really is. Um, and I had the same reservations everybody else did, and and they really knocked it out of the park. And then the final thing I want to touch on <clears throat> is folks had a really uh, split opinion from what I could read on the villain. Um, Korvac or whatever his name was, um, that he was underwritten or his motivations were not – they were murky or they were too one-note or any of the other stuff. You could, you'll see it, a two-second Google search of, of people's opinions on the episode. And I think <laughs> – I, I think I appreciate the fact that you could – and I think one of you guys had mentioned this too. You could take this person from the 50s or from 2018 or from the year 7200. And it's always the same. Um, you know, racism, it, it, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't care. Like, racism does not care. Um, this blind hatred, the, these people who who act this way and who go out and do these things, they don't care. Um, and, and people are like, well, why, why aren't they talking about how – why would this even exist in the future? And why would he go back and do this? And it's such a convoluted place. No, 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 no. <laughs> like – this is such a, a, a very obvious statement for for the way things still are and the way things have been. And quite frankly, 
as idealistic as we want to get, the way things will probably always be in some capacity, because there will always be these people. There will always be racism and bigotry and hatred. And and it was, <laughs> to me, it was a simple yet fantastically effective way of showing that. This is a person who has one thing in mind, who sees the world and the universe in one way and thinks that these other people um, – screwed everything up for him and, and his race or culture or whatever and would do anything he could to, to change that and to fix that. Um, and it just served the story really well. I, I, I just think people I, – I do not agree with the criticism that this was a one-note villain. And you and we have all together discussed <clears throat> the problems in the past with Doctor Who episodes where the villains are just really weak and actually wind up hurting the show. And this I don't think was that at all. Um, I mean – not to cut you off too badly here, it's just the villain of this episode is like, like I said, it is, it is the system around everything else. Like it right. is the, it is the system that allows people like this person to come into being in the first place. Right. He's mm-hmm. just a, he's just a cipher for that throughout this episode. And it's always very interesting to me. However, how every time that there is an, any kind of like major media milestone kind of similar to this that deals with them, something like racism or like sexism or a woman is the lead character of a thing that, you know, had in the past had a man as the main character or whatever. The <clears throat> pedantry sure comes out in droves as like a, a very like simple tool to try and like, well, actually my, re- I'm not a racist or, you know, X, Y, Z, but, but like there's this. You see, in The Last Jedi, how come they couldn't use this one thing to solve all their problems right off the beginning? Like, but also, but like, we never see those. It's weird how we never see those same arguments coming up from people when, like, uh, you know, in Silence of the Library. Well, how could the aliens eat them so quickly? That's like physically impossible. They eat all the flesh off their bones. Why wouldn't they eat the bones? It, these kinds of arguments always seem to me like something that come out as a way to sidestep what they actually are upset about. And maybe they don't, maybe some of the people making these, you know, arguments and stuff like that don't even fully comprehend what they are trying to like do anyway. And I'm not saying that everybody who has any kind of problem with anything like this ever is, oh, well, you're just secretly racist or, you know, or whatever it happens to be. But it sure does seem to be a much more common thing in pop culture criticism these days to try and find these like, well, here's why you are objectively wrong about this thing that you like for doing this, you know, X, Y, or Z. Uh, and because it's an objective argument, you, there's no way you can assail me or try to, you know, question my motives in, in disliking this thing. It's just, ugh. I find it interesting that the day the, that this episode dropped was the same day that a woman on a plane from Spain to London <laughs> was racially abused. An elderly uh, black woman was racially abused by a fat, slug-fucking, son-of-a-bitch English wanker who was bald and paunchy and all kinds of ugly, and he abused her uh, verbally, and he threatened her on a Ryanair plane. Ryanair, shitty airline. And um, she was the one who got moved, not him. He should have been kicked off the plane and arrested. There's still hope that he will be arrested. But to any anybody out there who has the temerity to comment on this show to say that, oh, well, you know, it's not, it's not factual. It's not, uh, you know, that stuff doesn't apply today, whatever. This shit happened on the same day as the show aired. In 2018, we're still dealing with these emboldened scumwads. And yet the bad guy, the bad guy's human nature. The bad guy is the evil inside everybody when we look the other way, when we don't stand up. And 
and I'm sorry I'm getting a little preachy. I'm in one of those fucking moods today, so God help anybody. Yep, um, 100% agree with you. I, and, you know, as much as I love the Russell T. Davis era for bringing back Doctor Who, when he did The Next Doctor and Rose was a, um, a black woman who was the barmaid for this fake doctor, who, you know, one of the tenant specials, she felt shoehorned in. Now, we know that th there were actual, you know, um, blacks and um, people from India and Asia and whatever in London, you know, in, in Britain in, in, during that period, despite, you know, what I was taught in school, which was taught whitewashing bollocks. I was never taught that there was multi, it was multicultural because, again, the whole system is so messed up. But when Russell T. Davis had her in, it felt like she was just there because, oh, look, she's, she, pardon the pun, a bit of color. Russell T. Davis couldn't have pulled off this episode. Russell T. Davis couldn't tackle what Chris Chibnall tackled. And I don't think Peter Capaldi, to a degree, uh, sorry, not Capaldi, uh, Moffat, could have tackled what Chibnall tackled. Um, uh, and I'm saying Chibnall as in the showrunner, not just the scriptwriter. We all know how amazing the, 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 the scriptwriter is. And she's just absolutely gobsmackingly brilliant. But Chibnall is still the guy who stands and falls by how good or how bad that episode is. And the, it just basically puts into context and puts to shame every other time that the uh, Doctor Who shows and uh, episodes in the past have felt like they're just trying to tick the diversity box. They actually tackled it. They tackled everybody's place in that uh, you know, in, in that episode, Yaz, Ryan, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, the bus driver, the guy who slapped Ryan right off the, off the bat, Graham, the doctor, how everybody fitted into that and how uncomfortable everybody felt. And they really, and that to me just elevated this episode. It would have been uncommon back in Victorian era London to see a, uh, a, you know, a black woman working in a uh, working in a pub it would have been very uncommon and people would have had stairs and people but that was just always glossed over in the, in the doctor who's in the past and I, I i you know i'm just trying to say Andrew, whether i'm rambling or just doing it badly but this this felt worthwhile this felt like a re-education uh, for a lot of people who don't know the Rosa Parks story, a lot of people in this country in America who are not going to be taught Rosa Parks because, again, revisionist history 101 is continuing to happen yeah. in this country. Yep. And so this should be shown in every bloody school so that people can understand that the littlest things you can do can break or build. And the bad guy... Um, chlamydia or whatever his name is. I mean, he he looked he looked like a you know he looked like your standard moronic proud boy wannabe. Um, he, I think he will probably fit it fit in somewhere to the bigger bad because I think I think we're going to get you know next couple of episodes there will be somebody pulling these strings or whatever. Um, the fact that he was using the time agent's um, vortex manipulator very interesting. I thought. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it just goes to show these dickweeds are everywhere, and yeah, we, we it comes down to having the two schools of um, science fiction, 
the Roddenberry world where everybody in the human race is so lovey and fluffy and gender's not an issue and race and religion, they're not issues. Everybody just wants to have one big cuddle, which is the Star Trek Gene Roddenberry model. And then there's the other model, which is every other bit of sci-fi where humans are absolute fucking assholes and will continue to be assholes until we die out as a species and God help us if we spread to other star systems because we're, in, in a lot of ways, we're a cancer. Hmm. I have a question for you, Marcus, as our resident expert on the show. Um, you know, we're all experts here now. You're, well, you're, you've got the old who down a lot better than we do. Um, you know, it's, it's an episode we talked about where they're going back. They, they just want to stop a very simple, very hateful enemy from changing history. Thankfully, and I think it's very important, they did not inspire this moment in history. They just watched it happen. Um, but without the really crazy aliens or the space timey-wimey stuff, has Doctor Who ever, ever really taken a ta- or tackled a topic this bluntly before? <sighs> Off the top of my head, I mean, that's a there's a lot of there's a lot of old you know old school Who episodes that I haven't seen or sure. that don't come to mind. Um, I would say probably not, given the eras that they were made in, the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, the uh, uh, you know, the, in that thirty five year period or whatever it was before the the show got cancelled the first time. Um, Britain, you know, was, you know, they they used to have signs like, you know, no black people, no Irish, blah, blah, blah. We had, uh, you know, and, and, um, you would, we would have comedians doing racist impressions all the way through up up through the eighties. I remember them watching them as a kid and laughing and because I didn't know any better. I'm now I'm absolutely frigging mortified. Sure. Has just been going back through some Monty Python's Flying Circus recently, and that was a you know a show that I loved as a kid. I loved you know Holy Grail, Life of Brian, all that stuff. But like going back and watching some of those episodes now on Netflix, the amount of blackface on that show uh, from that era is staggering. You know things oh, yeah. you know and things like that. Yeah. It's just well, absolutely absurd. You got to remember, this was 1969, uh, uh, 70 for Monty Python. Mm-hmm. There weren't black actors allowed, really given parts. I mean, you know, um, and the one thing I will say about Monty Python, and I've obviously gone, I've been watching a lot of the stuff that, and the documentaries and behind the scenes stuff, that they that at least they took the piss out of everybody. Everybody was fair game, including you know, themselves, the whole situation, the BBC. But I mean, it was really tough to get actors of color on screen. And to you know, it uh, it came to the you know again. My understanding is only based on what I remember. But you were coming to the mid to late seventies. You'd start to see, um, you know, black actors and actresses come, uh, you know, appear on things. But they would be the bad guy in crime dramas, or they would be, you know, they would be the the comedy figure to be pilloried in sitcoms. You know, and they would be called darky and this and that. And, you know, that happened all the way through the 80s as well. And it started to really change mid-80s. A lot of people really started to get the idea that, you know what, this is kind of bullshit. So what was going on in South Africa with apartheid, people were starting to really, you know, get sick of it. And the, the BBC and ITV and, you know, the, those companies, they, 
they were more understanding and, you know, the old white people who were in charge, the old boys network, they were being pensioned off and new people were going, going uh, you know, coming in. I mean, we've got, we all, we do have to remember that the first, you know, season uh, of Doctor Who was directed by an Indian man, mm-hmm. which was, that was unheard of. But again, trying to find somebody of his skin tone on the other side of the camera, really tricky. I mean, do you remember Star Trek when uh, Kirk and Uhura had their, had the, that kiss mm-hmm. and the oh, outcry yeah. mm-hmm. on, on, the, on this side of the pond? I mean, it was, you know, it was tough. And we had a lot of, you know, we had a lot of American TV. And, you know, the bad guys were either, or the, uh, you know, the, the black characters were either Huggy Bear in Starsky and Hutch or the drug dealers. And the, we, we weren't used to seeing anything else than that, uh, than that. And it's abhorrent now. It really is abhorrent. I mean, I do recommend if uh, nobody's seen Life on Mars, the TV series, uh, with John Sim, who obviously plays the master, both versions, actually, the American version and the British version. Um, I I tried watching I tried watching the American version, but no, uh, no, computer <laughs> very different that things, one. Yeah, sure. but um, it's two seasons of Life on Mars, uh, and it's about a you know, two uh, a, you know, a, 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 an up and coming police officer from the year you know the sort like the the, the mid two thousands who goes back in time to the early seventies, and you want to see how bad shit was. And this is obviously stuff that is more for entertainment purposes, but it goes to show how bad it was back then because all these stories have come out about, you know, police brutality and all this sort of stuff and fitting people up. But I mean, just the attitudes and, you know, that's why I don't, you know, just coming back to as recently as the tail end of Russell T Davis's tenure, I don't think he could have handled um, this episode as well as the team did uh, it felt like a it, it it felt like a perfect conference and like i said it made me uncomfortable and yeah. i am so appreciative of it for doing that because it should i see somebody i see i see two kids in the you know and i say kids anybody under 30 is a kid to me now um <laughs> but i see two kids sitting in an alley talking about you know one's talking about why his friends are getting uh, harassed by the police um because you know more than white kids and then the policewoman sitting next to him says yeah, and she gets called Packy, and she she gets called a terrorist on the way to the mosque, and it's that just that's supposed to be uncomfortable. That is supposed to be uncomfortable for anybody of my skin tone in particular, my generation. It should be shocking to the younger generations that people actually still talk like like that, mm-hmm. but it should also be a slap in the face and a wake up call to my generation and older who have used those words in, in the past who have grown up with those words. That's, I, uh, you, you know, in, in a weird way, that slap in the face for Ryan was almost like a uh, literal slap in the face for uh, um, for the rest of us as viewers. Yeah. To understand, hey, this stuff is still happening. Wake up. Yeah, pay attention because this isn't going to yeah. be your typical adventure. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I just, again, it's not a show that's ever tried to shy away necessarily from social issues, right? I mean, the Daleks are standing for the Nazis and whatever, but it never, never has it been this sort of head-on. And it was very simple, and it was to the point, and, and people have to confront that. Like, there's no costumes and, and special effects and all that stuff to hide behind. It's just straight up, like, racism is bad. Like, that's it. Sometimes you're going to have bad guys that are just bad guys, just racists, and... 
and this is how to deal with that. Um, and it just, you know, and, and the fact that he's just from some no-name prison in the future, well, not no-name is actually a nice little nod to who continuity, but, um, you know, it's, it's another message that, like, this this kind of bullshit, to, to Marcus's point, it's uncomfortable, but this kind of bullshit needs to be fought, like, forever. Like, as nice as it is to, to envision that Star Trek future, like... <laughs> The reality is it's been around a long time. It's going to be around a long time. These are the kind of people that you have to take a stand against and to, to, to rise up against and to to just fight back against. And it's just – it's simple. It's to the point. It didn't pull a single punch. It slaps you in the face, and it just – it's it's you it's know, a huge when, step forward for how the show does things too. When and, Chris when Chris Chibnall said that they're going to have um, completely different types of uh, enemies – in this season, he, he wasn't kidding. I mean, these are essentially real. <laughs> um, and I know there's, uh, sorry to cut you off. I, uh, I know there, there's been some, you know, backlash online. Is this going to be too, pre- this season going to be too preachy? Is there, you know, is it going to be too, uh, you know, social justice? Um, I think the, the, what Marcus said at the very beginning of this episode in which this harkens back to a lot of what, um, uh, what Doctor Who used to be, which was edu- an educational show for for kids and families, and you know, it, it, yeah, this Doctor could could just as easily, easily go throughout history and, and see the see the pyramids and see um, you know ancient Greece and, and and ancient China, you know, and, and, and that kind of stuff. But the we can find that stuff online now. It's it's very easy. It's all taught in schools. The stuff that we don't find that taught in schools anymore is this, this real stuff. This this is how history actually was in situations like that, like that took place in this episode with Rosa Parks and, and how this relates to the rest of us. You saw a very few flashes of this, of this idea with um, – uh, Capaldi's doctor. Remember that he had the the a couple of speeches. He had the, the sort of the war speech um, back in season nine, I think it was, um, with the Zygon inversion. Uh, but that was still looking at it from an, a space alien standpoint. This is looking at it from a very real human standpoint. And I think uh, I think everybody on the show said it. The fact that it made us uncomfortable was welcome uh, because it made us think. It made us appreciate this what the actors are doing, what the writers are doing, what the directors are doing and what, and, and how this is all coming together and how it reflects kind of back on us, um, uh, as well. So, um, we're, we're, we're quickly running out of time here. Can I we talk that, a little bit, Dolly, just really yeah. quick about yeah. as we, I know people are still sort of cranky that we're, we're not, there's a, there's a recurring theme of, of what people think is different or missing from the show so far. And one mm-hmm. of them is, um, the companions being underdeveloped or, or there's too many of them right now to really get the sort of bond that the doctor starts developing. Um, and while I think the jury is still out on that, I do think everybody sort of rose to the occasion this week. I think we got a little more yeah. insight into, oh, yeah. into how they would handle things and, 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 and just some really, really great scenes that everybody both individually and together came, came and really delivered on. Um, but I want to talk a little bit, just very briefly about this doctor, um, and, and we talked a little bit last week about how she's not just – or maybe two weeks ago not just showing up and and being the smartest person in the room and giving big speeches about her intelligence and solving problems and everything. But she's very empathetic. Um, she, te- she seems very in tune with the emotions of the moment, of her companions. Um, 
she, she kind of steps back, explains things, lets things sort of play out, shows a lot of, of involvement with that side of it, which I think is very refreshing. Um, and while there are definitely signs of other doctors in her, in her personality, um, she really is putting a very, very unique take on the character in a way we haven't seen in a long time, if ever. Um, and that, that sort of sensitivity and, and empathy, I think, is, is really, really cool. And I'm compelled to see this continued uh, growth of the character with her take on it. So, yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I've mentioned in the past of how this wasn't uh, didn't quite feel epic on a on you know from a Doctor Who standpoint. I am taking that all back because who I love where this show is going. And yeah. like Mark, again, like Marcus said earlier, um, I, I, they're doing things with this season that. I wasn't expecting, and I think for me, our our working and the episodes just continually get better and better. And we're only three episodes in, and they've already done some really, some really, some really good work and some really outstanding work. So, well, again, we're running out of time. Um, I'm going to read a couple of quick uh, comments from our listeners, and we'll. We'll kind of close up shop from our end for now, and we can obviously continue more. and And always, always feel free to tweet at us, which uh, which we we do engage in comments. Um, uh, our good friend Alan Paxton online says uh, on Twitter says my thoughts on last night's Who episode. Sprouts an interesting idea of nudging events into, into a certain direction, but the main villain was bland to say the least. Excellent set work and production value, but I find myself continuing to find the companions a mixed bag. Bradley Walsh continues to knock it out of the park, but the other two haven't had a real moment to shine. So I hope they start to rectify that. Also, we have to discuss the cringe-enduring, the cringe-inducing music choice picked for the main point of the episode. I think that was Rise Up. A lot um, of people did not like the last two, three minutes of music. Uh, like I yeah. read that a lot. I read that too. I, I understand. I, I can kind of understand why. I think it's because Doctor Who is is has focused on the the internal created. Uh, soundtrack and so going to this outside stuff can be a little bit jarring um felt a little in your face given the kind of the episode as for our new doctor she's still finding her feet and much like capaldi i think we will see more from her as the seasons progress final thoughts on the doctor versus the time traveling alt-right overall good two of the three companions need more to work with bradley walsh remains a high point our new doctor is slowly finding her place and ease up on the in-your-face cringe music. <laughs> um, uh, Peter Keats uh, says, I'm disappointed so far. She is a first, a first, uh, trying to be like the rest. She is the doctor and should be independent, and all I see is a mix of Tennant and Smith sound alike. Uh, Fancy Manatee at MP Dorian says, I felt like it... I felt like one of the old... It felt like one of the old historical episodes that was an actual alien threat. It almost feels like the Doctor's gang pushed Rosa to act, which I feel very strongly against. And that pop music needed to stay in the previews and never make it to the episode. Um, and uh, Stefan Swanland uh, says, I was going into this episode with a huge amount of skepticism, but was pleasantly surprised. The only complaint I had, I felt, was like the villain wasn't given much thought, that he was just there to make the changing time scenario possible. Uh, Ed Kostich says... Uh, it was outstanding. Great original story. Didn't sugarcoat racism. Best that I can tell. And confronted it head on. Best episode since Vincent Van Gogh. Oh, yeah, that was a fantastic episode. Oh, you keep going back to that one. Um, Mike, uh, I'm Mike Zero, our good friend. Mike says, 
Wow, episode three of the latest season of Doctor Who was powerful. What a great episode. My only gripe is that using modern music for a scene from 1955 throughout the vibe. It didn't mesh well with the episode or the show. Um, the music should be original, which has a timeless feel or something that fits the theme, the time period or it is representing. Uh, the song at the end broke my suspended belief. Didn't work for me. And finally, um, at, let's see if I say this name right. Uh, Marensu Lorimer says, if you're referring to the Rose episode, the song at the end tied what was happening to the current struggle uh, with Black Lives Matter calling attention to the over-policing of Black people. I felt it powerfully expanded the moment beyond a specific time and place. So it was it, it was an interesting idea that that they, they're, they're saying it. it actually meant to tie it back to things that are happening today and not just leave it in, in the past. That's a good good observation. But thank you to everybody who's who's uh, tweeted at us and, and, and comments and we couldn't get to everything. Um, it felt uh, powerful in the moment, oh, the yeah. song. I don't know how you guys felt about it. I, afterwards, I could see why people kind of were pulled out of it or felt it was too much, but I felt <laughs> that it was that it was really good in the moment. Yeah, I, I, thought didn't, it was, I, thought, I didn't notice it. No. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was perfectly fine. The one thing I thought was slightly weird about it is that it extended into the next time on, which is like talking about weird alien spiders, and that felt <laughs> a little out of place. Yeah, it's been, it's been jarring with their their – cuts to the previews i think that's, i think that's bbc america and let's, yeah, let's, let's just get everybody on the on the same uh, same page there bbc america has, uh, has been it's, shit yeah um, I, I watch on amazon so i don't know yeah. 20 odd, I watch on amazon another 20 odd minutes of commercials yeah um you know four minutes four minute blocks five of them at least um mm-hmm. totally unacceptable and yeah i'm Actually, I'm thinking of just, you know, I, I got Sling TV just to get BBC America for Doctor Who. I'm thinking of just 86 ing that and just going to, uh, going to buy them and watching them the day after. I may end up doing that too, just because I want to, I am more and more wanting to keep these episodes because they're getting better and better. Yeah, I think, um, BB, I don't know what's happened with BBC America, BBC Worldwide. It's like the head, you know, the, the head office is just handed it off and said, oh, do with it what you will, America, and it's being Americanized to a, a degree. This, you know, There's a lot of good about American TV, AMC, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well, let's um, let's do our quick ratings. I know we've got a, we've got a jet. There's more to talk to. Uh, Stephen, I know you got to get going first. What is your rating out of, uh, um, out of five? I'm just going to keep it a clean number. Out of five, what do you rate this episode? Stephen is muted, unless he's already left. He might have had the bounce. He might have. He might have but I'm, I'm going to guess he was a five oh, or a high, a high four. Uh, Sean, what was your what's your rating? A five. I, I there was so little to complain about here versus so 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 much good. Um, and it's important for television and it's important for who. Um, and I just think it was wonderful. I think I I think this is the episode that joins the ones where you say, what can I watch from Doctor Who? Yep. And you can point to Girl in the Fireplace mm-hmm. and you can point to Vincent and the Doctor and you can point to Rosa and a handful of others in this sort of echelon of like this is an episode you watch of this show. Um, and it's funny. I, I, <laughs> I feel like we could have spent two hours on this episode. Oh, yeah. So. Easily. Um, I'll keep myself there, but I, I hope we come back to it at some point because it's it's very very good, very very good Doctor Who. We may, um, I think what we'll do down the line is uh, maybe grab a couple guests uh, yeah. and see if we can do, record again later in the season. And um, that'd be cool. Um, Marcus, you're rating five. five. Okay, five, 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 five. Um, Top notch episode. Um, well done, Chibnall and the crew. And look, I was, I thought that you know they were just trying to take every box when I saw the casting across the board. And I still have problems with her accent. 
um, I, I can't help it. I do. I mean, for me, just in particular, it's a grating accent, but I can't fault her performances. Uh, I think she's great. Um, I think um, the team are coming together, and I think we will get, you know, we haven't really touched on Ryan and Yaz too much yet, but I think they're coming into their own, and I don't think that's a negative. Um, and I, I, I will actually have words with anybody. This felt like an ensemble piece. Everybody had their part to play, yeah. and everybody yeah. did very, very well. And you know, and that goes for the behind-the-scenes team as well. The writers, the 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 showrunner, everybody just nailed it. And you know, the the American actors as well. I mean, I'm assuming they were American. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought they were they were they were absolutely flawless and respectful. Uh, and that's the thing. It was respectful, but brutal. I will say, um, uh, hold on one second here. I'm going to get the, uh, uh, Vinette Robinson, um, is actually English. She was on, she played, uh, she played Rosa. She actually was in episode, uh, um, titled, uh, 42, which was the, uh, third season with the, uh, the tendencies Remember, with the, uh, the son that was sort of, uh, Eating up the eating up the ship that was also written the first episode written by Chris Chibnall. So there's this whole tie. So he's he has worked with that with Vinette before. Um, I'm I'm this is a five for me. This is uh, it for for any hesitation that I had for the doctor um, being a, being a female um, is gone. This I think she uh, this episode um, Jodie Whittaker proved to me that that she was kind of wow in a weird way i'm saying i can't believe i'm saying this <laughs> only because i've been such a fan of, of capaldi and Tennant. i think uh, jody Whitaker was made for 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 this role in this episode most definitely because i think um the the composure that she brought to this the character the portrayal of what the doctor is and what the doctor could be and how the doctor is meant to teach us um i think she absolutely nailed it and uh i think i've got she has raised the bar high for the rest of the rest of the season um, for herself and for the the rest of the the, uh, the cast, and uh, I think that's a good bar to be to be aiming for. So loved it. Um, still get kind of choked up on it, and I I was not ex- ex- expecting that. And I'll be rewatching this probably a couple more times this week at least, and I'm planning on uh, plopping my daughter um, in front of the uh, in front of the TV uh, when we get some free time here and uh, and watching it with her and having her having her see what the kind of see the brutal reality of what we used to be as a society and what, where we are now and where we have yet, yet to go. So um, with that, uh, uh, Marcus had to take off. You can find him at annoyed gamer. You can find him uh, online. You can find our, us at lonely Tardis as a, as a group. You can find Steven at Steven Strom. Um, you can find me uh, at Dolly Domofsky. Sean, where can we find you? Uh, mostly here, sometimes on Twitter <laughs> at Sean Norton, S-H-A-U-N-N-O-R-T-O-N. And, uh, please, please continue the conversation with us, with all of us, um, tweet at us, uh, leave comments on the, uh, on the Facebook page, on the, uh, on the site, lonelytardis.com, it's a website. Um, and we're, we will, we will reply back, uh, in, in many, in any way possible we can. This is a big episode. Um, we didn't get a chance to cover it all the way through, but we covered as much as we could. And uh, we'll be talking about this for days, weeks, months, years to come, probably. All right. That's it. John, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> hey, thank it's you. A, thank you, everybody. Thank uh, you so much. Yeah. And I don't know how next week's going to get anywhere near this, but we'll see. So. Definitely. All right. We love you all. We'll talk to you guys later. 
Yang terbang, 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 terbang. Mm-hmm.